The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This week's Gospel lesson picks up exactly where we left off in last week's passage from Mark. Last week, we were in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and Jesus heals a man who is possessed, casting the demons out, doing so on a day usually reserved for rest. We start today's lesson with as soon as they left the synagogue. This is still the Sabbath. No time has passed. Their next stop is the home of Simon and Andrew where Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. Then later, a crowd surrounds the house seeking healing. Jesus cured and cast out many demons. The next morning, Jesus takes a moment alone while people search for him. And then when the disciples find Jesus, he is ready to move on to the surrounding towns and continue the work that he came to do. The gospel writer is giving us this day-in-the-life view of what Jesus' ministries look like hour by hour. And it's so packed full of healing and movement that we have to split it up into multiple weeks, multiple Sundays, reading it in worship. But it's important to know that this is all happening very quickly. So right after Jesus heals this man in the synagogue, Jesus heads right to the home of Simon and Andrew. The gospel writer leaves out many details. Really anything that falls outside of this singular purpose of sharing the story of Jesus' ministry. We don't hear anything of Simon's wife. We don't know if she's even still alive. We're not sure how long his mother-in-law has been ill. 
we don't even get to know this woman's name. But here is what we do know with the little amount of information that's given to us by the gospel writer. Simon's mother-in-law is in bed with a fever. Jesus took her by the hand and lifted her up. The fever left her and she began to serve them. And even just that amount of information could fuel and fill a few Bible studies. Jesus ignores the usual cultural rules surrounding men and women and touch. He again heals on the Sabbath. He lifts her up. That same word used here that will be used to describe Jesus' resurrection. But it's the last part that gets me. That immediately after being healed, she begins to serve them. This woman, after the fever leaves her, seems to bounce out of bed and gets right back to work. Not just household chores and things, which I'm sure are also on her to-do list. She begins to serve Jesus and the disciples. The word translated as serves, diakonos, is the same Greek word used for deacon. She becomes a deacon of Jesus' ministry. In her gratitude for what she has received after experiencing Jesus' love and healing, she can't help herself. She wants to serve and offer hospitality to show the love that she has just received. The gospel writer doesn't give us her name this first deacon of the Jesus movement. But I feel like I know her. I think I could give her a name. In fact, she reminds me of my own mother-in-law, Bonnie. My mother-in-law, Bonnie, has lupus, an autoimmune disease. She is physically fit. She likes going to the gym. She's very put together, always with a full face of makeup and her hair done. So you wouldn't know it most of the time by looking at her, that she suffers from lupus. She is often feeling pain we cannot see. She gets tired easily. She has flare-ups in her joints and skin. She gets sick often. And yet... After she stops or has to slow down, she also gets right back up the moment she can. Recently, Bonnie came down with shingles and spent most of the day in bed, and she still summoned the energy to roast a chicken for dinner that night. If you have the pleasure of being a guest in her home, You'll find your favorite foods in the fridge and a host willing to whip up whatever you'd like for breakfast or iron the outfit that you'd like to wear that day. You'll have to remind her that you can pour your own drinks and that she really should sit down to eat, too. Like Simon's mother-in-law, she has this 
incredible gift for service and hospitality. It's not a chore. You can see her joy in it. Maybe you also know the name of Simon's mother-in-law. Someone in your own life who embodies this gift for hospitality. Someone who, by their example, has shown you the joy of serving others. That person who shows their love through service. Now, Simon's mother-in-law, with her radical hospitality, doesn't just serve Jesus and the disciples. Her service extends even further. By evening, when it's no longer the Sabbath, a crowd shows up at her house. People started bringing all who were sick or possessed to Jesus. The whole city is gathered at the door. The home that she shared with Simon and Andrew became a gathering place. A gathering place for those who didn't really have any other place to gather. A gathering place for the sick and the possessed, those who were in need. The people on the margins who were not welcome elsewhere show up at her house. And with her spiritual gift of hospitality, these people were welcomed. It's her hospitality and service that allows Jesus to do his work of healing. Her work matters. Her service matters. Through her service, the gospel is proclaimed. We read in Paul's letter to the Corinthians the same idea of serving others and doing so for the sake of the gospel, the good news of God's love. Paul says that even though he is free with respect to all, that he has made himself a slave to all. To the Jews, he became like a Jew. To the Gentiles, like a Gentile. To the weak, he became weak doing all of this to bring folks into community, doing all of this for the sake of the gospel, to share in its blessings. That is what the church does. We meet people wherever they are in their journey. We meet people in their need, and we hope to embody God's love, which we have received. We do this out of gratitude for God in our lives to share the gospel. And this is one of those things that Emmanuel does so well, responding to the needs of our community. You can see this just from looking at our weekly announcements in the bulletin and collecting food for the food bank and John Street Soup Kitchen feminine hygiene products and toiletries and items to put in the homeless kits. Pastor Josh and I joked recently that if you walk into your bathroom or your kitchen and you see two of something, bring one to the church and we will find a place to donate it. We do this out of love and gratitude for what we have been given. And this is what the Christian life, the Jesus-following life, is all about. 
reaching out to those in need and seeing if we're able to meet that need. Can we offer healing? Can we give hope? This doesn't stop with physical things, although meeting those basic needs is important and good. The spiritual gift of hospitality is serving and welcoming all people. It's about offering God's love to our neighbors, whoever they happen to be. The welcome statement on our website says, we believe that the gospel is a gift to every person, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, age, sexual orientation, or by any other category the world tries to tell us is important. This practice of welcoming, the practice of hospitality, is an ongoing process of learning. We know that this work isn't complete. It's a spiritual discipline. We continue to learn how to make our space and our community a place where all people feel safe and honored, where each voice is heard and every person treated with dignity, and each person celebrated for their uniqueness. A community that represents the diversity of God's creation and takes joy in that. We hope that through our service, through our love and action to our neighbors and our hospitality, that this place where we find love and community becomes a gathering place, a place where all feel welcomed. The type of gathering place that we read about in the gospel, where those who are in the greatest need, the sick, the hurting, the lonely, those who wrestle with demons can gather, where the whole city can gather, drawn into this welcoming space, this community of love. This is a place where all people are invited to experience healing and transformation and the love that is available in Jesus. May God use us to serve, to welcome, to love, and to share in the blessings of the gospel. Amen.